Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. And Charlie, these have been so much fun. We've been able to connect and reconnect with so many of our uh, favorite players over the years. And this guy's up there. He's played, He's uh, one of the Admirals' all-time AHL games leaders, over 100 points with the Admirals in his AHL career. Um, he, he's, he is one of my favorites. He's Andreas Thurston joining us now. Thurry, it's great to see you, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And thanks for having me. No problem, hey. Oh, I was just going to say, didn't you tell us last summer, Thurry, that you are have played the most games in the American Hockey League of any Swede? Yes. As of last year, um, it was pretty much between me and Tim Erickson, and he left to go to Sweden. So I still have the record, I believe. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That's great. The That's pretty cool. Is that a point of pride? Um. We like to because we. Like I mean, to I, I had I, the world. You got a few games in the NHL, but we like to say the American League is the second best league in the world. I don't know if they say that wherever else you've played, but probably not in the KHL. They don't <laughs> probably don't say it over there. No, they don't. But I mean, I don't regret a single moment of it. Maybe the only thing I regret is asking for a trade and going to Hartford. But other than that, it's I learned so much on like a personal level. I grew up, I had to like take care of myself in a, in a way where my first year I was the only Swedish guy. So it was English nonstop. And then hockey level too, like Lane Lambert taught me so much during the three years he was there with me. So I, I really enjoyed the whole time I had in the AHL and it might not be the second best league in the world, but, uh, it's a really good developing it, league. Well, it, it actually got me thinking, like, do you think the KHL then has like, hey, we're the third best league in the world. They've got that all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Probably not. No. We, you came over, when you came over, you were, what, 18, weren't you? Yeah, I think I turned eight. Time flies. Yeah. Uh, I think I was 18. It was your draft year. It was, it was your draft year that you came over, which never yeah. happened. Yeah, no, I came right away. It was honestly I barely knew I got drafted and then I got the phone call I got drafted and then they wanted me over for the development camp had such a good time met a lot of good people and our team went from the first league in Sweden to down to the second league you got relegated yeah and I had a really good year up as a first year guy in, in the first league and I was like man am I going to stay and maybe never get the chance to go? Or am I going to just take the chance and go? Cause who knows if this would even come again? Cause we're going to go down a division or yeah, a division and they're going to try to go up. They might want to sign other guys. I might not get the opportunity I had. So I was just like, I'm just going to go. And I didn't really realize it until I flew over to the main camp in Nashville. And it was, yeah, I learned so much. Yeah. That, that, is. that draft, Thurry, I'm looking at that draft right now, and that might be, Charlie, this might be the only one that Nashville had where everybody played, at least in the American League. It was John Blum in the first round, Jeremy Smith second, Nick Spalling in the second, Ryan Thang, Ben Ryan, Mark Santarelli, you, Robert Dietrich, and Ate Engren. Yeah. Every single one of those guys play, that, played for the Admirals. Exactly. That, Not just yeah. the AHL, but for us. That's amazing. That never yeah. happens. 
Yeah. Good, good that thing, is pretty cool. Good thing Ollie stuck it out for his uh, 27 games or whatever he uh, managed. <laughs> Probably not even that many, I bet, huh? Who's that? Setzinger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, or he wasn't you, in that class. Oh, he wasn't you, in the draft. I thought you said he was in that class. Because no. Setz, Setzinger was a second-round pick, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, uh, he was a fourth in, like, 01, I think. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, we're not, we're not here to talk about Oliver Setzinger, although we could because he's, <laughs> he provided an hour of uh, – Third of, in 01. Yeah. Uh, so, you came uh, – I, I, I just want to go back to something you said, that you, didn't, you barely even knew you were drafted, which is so strange compared to what happens – if you're Canadian or if you're an American, like you, and you're a hockey player and a prospect, you know exactly when the draft is. So uh, why was that? And why, and how did you find out? Did you have, you obviously had an agent. Yeah. Well, I, so I played a world juniors that year. I talked a little bit to, I was, I wanted to say like a couple of teams and then I was watching, you know, because the time difference too. Right. So I was watching like the first round and I think I was watching the second round. But then after that, I was like, I'm done. Okay. And then the fall, I think we went out, I might've started watching the first round, I think. And then I don't know if we went out for dinner or if it was the next day. Cause I barely remember exactly when. So it's the first round goes. And then like, is it the next day they keep going? Like after a certain amount of rounds or. I mean, now it's, I don't even yeah, it's it's yeah, probably I don't even different now that it was it fifteen years ago. Not to yeah. date you at all here, but so, so, <laughs> so anyways, I I know that I was out for dinner, and then I got a phone call from um I don't even know if it was Paul Fenton calling me or if it was the Swedish Yuri, scout Yuri Kekalainen? No, yeah, uh, well, it was Lucas Bergman, I think, would have called yeah, me. Bergman. Yeah, so I think he might have called me, and and then I talked to Paul Fenton, might have been there too. Uh, I got a phone call and then they wanted me over for the summer camp. And that was like, I don't even a, know how, how much week, later that is. A week or two later at the most. Yeah, right away. Yeah. So it was something like that. So I was like, oh, geez, I haven't even skated or done anything. Because there's no ice in Sweden in the summertime until now. Now I think they have it. But I'm calling our equipment guy. I have to get a hold of all my, my, my stuff. And then it was just heading over. And I did, yeah, like I said, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, but cool experience. Did you talk with your parents about it? Like, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, after I got drafted or after I found out, I was like, I started calling people and letting them know like, Hey, I just got drafted. This is what happened. And and then I think because the news are still, there was still like the, the hockey writers and all that stuff that were posting stuff about it. So I got messages from other people too, like, Oh, congrats on being drafted. Right. It's not like it is nowadays, but it was still pretty high tech back then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you come over and you, it's, and like you say, or you're alluding to it's it's like a baptism by fire. Like suddenly you're in training camp and that's right when Nashville was starting to get good. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I, I, not off the top of my head, but I, is, is Paul Korea is probably uh, at about the time of. He was, I think he might have been there the, the year before, maybe, or okay. maybe even two years before. But it was. The, who did we have my first year at camp? There was. That was the thing, though, with Nashville. They didn't really, I'm not going to say that they didn't have any superstars, but they didn't have any of the like McDavid's or. 
Right. Never have. No. So it was like, there was Jason Arnott, Steve Sullivan, Martin Erath, um, the list goes on, but it was like mainly like the main group. And, and I, some of the players, I didn't even know who they were before I got there. Like, it's Absolutely. not like when you go to a team and I was like, oh, there's Peter Forsberg. There's. Right. Who, play, um, who ended up playing for the Predators. Yeah. So, so that like, when I went over, I think that's the one part where I kind of regret that I was like, I didn't really think that I was going to make the team. And I, and until like later on in the next couple of training camps, it was like, okay, now I can, now I'm going to fight for it. Right. For me, it was just, I'm going over, I'm going to play over here no matter what, but I didn't really know what anything was like. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I got, okay, I got to play a couple of games. I got to do this. And then I was like, I called him for a meeting. It's like, oh, you're getting sent down. It's like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there was just, everything was so new to me and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know that you didn't get start getting paid until October. I didn't know you, when you get sent down in the minors, it was like, when they tell you to get a place, you have, to get a place, you have like five days to find a place. I didn't know any of these things. Like I had to set up my own bank account. I had to, like everything came like a shock to me. And it was like, but that was the good thing with Nashville too. It was like all the guys that they had, it was like a family. It was the older guys when I got to Milwaukee, they were like, oh, here's a good place to live. We were pretty much 15 guys living in the same building. Right. Oh, you need anything. Oh, we'll take you. Do you like it was such a cool experience and it's one of the better ones I've had played like playing professional hockey because it was such a learning period. Like everyone took care of each other. You look at the guys on that team and, you know, Peverly was here and, um, but the two guys that, that really stand out, the guys who would be taking care of people, you had Hank, Alex Henry mm-hmm. and, and Nolan Yonkman and Alex Henry didn't get a lot of points, but I don't know that there was a tougher dude in oh, ever that played hockey, I, stronger guy than Alex Henry. And I don't know that there was, a, a better human than Alex no. Henry. He's, he's the so nicest down to earth guys. And marvelous guy. He didn't even have to say anything. You just saw the look in his eyes, and it's like, oh boy, I better, I better, I better stay pick clear. Up. <laughs> yeah. He and go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like you said. It was Yonks. It was Hank. It was uh, Pecco was there. Yeah. Oh sure. Fordle. Uh, Pevs. Um, Cal was, was Ford- there. No, Fordle yeah. was not there. Your first. No, Fordle right? wasn't there. My first year. Cal, Vidge, um, it was such a good group of guys, and everyone was like Guerrero. Jason Guerrero, it was all like it was like a family, and everyone took care of each other. It wasn't that like in Nashville, correct me if I'm wrong, but my first pretty much two years, they never really called anyone up. No, so we we didn't really have that battle either, where it was like you were pissed if someone got called up, like because you were gonna get called up we knew like we pretty much have this team this is we're gonna do it so it it wasn't like that battle either it was like we were all wanting to get better but you didn't have that when i got to hartford yeah Yeah. exactly yeah so i let me just make two i want to make a go back to alex henry for a second because 
he had the biggest deltoids I've ever seen, the biggest shoulders <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It was like he had a basketball underneath. Like if you, you wouldn't know, he was so, like you say, he was so nice, but so quiet that it was intimidating. Yeah. Right? Like I, I was afraid to approach him for a, uh, probably for a little while to start because it was like, God, he's, he just, he wasn't smiling. <laughs> and I think he's the last player that we had that used a two piece stick. Ah, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember that. I don't think I think he used a two piece, and I believe he's the last one, the last admiral to do it. Wow, uh, I can't guarantee that. We'd have to consult Dave Randolph. <laughs> That's uh, why it hurt so much getting cross checked from him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, there was no given that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, That's great. That's yeah. great. So that that first year, Lane and Brad Lauer are the coaches. Um, was there any? One, did you know for sure you were going to be in Milwaukee or was there a chance you were going to be in Cincinnati? And two, what was your kind of, when did you start to feel comfortable with your day-to-day life? So I never even thought about Cincinnati. I never even, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. I, I knew it. Like I came from, so the Swedish league, now I don't want to be, clanking down on the second best league in the world that I went to (laughs) but coming from Sweden it's like okay you have the NHL you have the I think the cage I don't even know remember when the KHL started it was the Russian league though yeah but so the Russian league and then you have Sweden Switzerland Finland like they're roughly around the same so I yeah so I come from the third best league in the world (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not probably not going to make Nashville, but I'm going to play in the minors. So for me, I never even thought about Cincinnati. I didn't even know about it yeah. until after. So I was like, I had a pretty good camp and I knew I was young, but I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to play. So I didn't really even think about I had um, getting comfortable. Like I, I moved away from home when I was 16. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so I moved – down to Malmo and I had my own apartment. So I, I had to take care of myself there. So as a 16 year old, you, you're living by yourself. Yeah. In a studio apartment. Wow. So I had, when, when I got sent down to Milwaukee and then we had the meetings and everything and then like to talk to the coaching staff and they're like, okay, we, you can start finding your place. And it's like, we would like you to have a room. And I was like, roommate. I lived by myself the past year. I don't want to have a roommate. Right. <laughs> so I ended up getting my own place, but it helped a lot that we were, like I said, almost 15 guys living in the same building. Where was that? Did, Library Hill. At Library Hill. Okay. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's rotated over the years. It's been the Blatts. It's been Library yeah. Hill. It's been the North End. Um, yeah. So we were all at Library Hill. So it was walking distance too, which was Kind of nice. I, I didn't have a driver's license. So that was a huge factor. Yeah. Um, but all the guys, they were so nice. They were like, oh, you need anything from the grocery store? We're going at this time. We'll just jump in. So I was kind of comfortable right away. It was We were hanging out. I was doing lunch with the guys. And it's like you go home, you play video games or have your little nap or whatnot. And then you go out for dinners or you make dinners. And with the group of guys we had, it was hard not to get comfortable right away. Uh, I assume like your English in Sweden, everyone starts learning English pretty young, right? Yes. And so your English is, was pretty good coming over. 
I assume that helped uh, a tremendous amount in your transition. I was so shy when I came over <laughs> and uh, my English was good, good enough to get around. Okay. It wasn't as good as it is right now. Cause I mean, getting married to, to Morgan and speaking English all day, every day. Right. Um, but not having any other Swedish guys, like I said before, it, it forces you to. Right. Like there were some Finnish guys and they know a little bit of Swedish, but there was a bunch, there was a bunch of Finns on that team. I yeah. didn't realize it. Not Yanni Niskala and Pilstrom. Timo Laxo, Pilstrom. Timo. <laughs> Deepest so, voice the Admirals have ever had, Timo Laxo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but we, so, so it forced me to, to, it was English was the language to speak. So that helped me so much as well. Yeah. Um, so, but it's just gotten better every, I mean, after that, it's just, now it's, I mean, I don't speak that much Swedish. I do every now and then, but not, not enough. <laughs> sure. Uh, you mentioned curious. Lane, you mentioned Lane Lambert and how much he helped you. Give us, give us some good Lane Lambert stories. Well, it's, it's all about like the details. It's the coming from the bigger ice sheet to go into the smaller keeping your head up, um, just winning battles around the blue lines, like stick positioning, positioning on the ice, like all of these things. Like we had so many video meetings where, and him talking and teaching and showing on the ice. And it's stuff that when myself growing up, I always say like generally Swedish players are really smart. Yeah. They, they're well educated. And they know the game of hockey, but it's like on a general aspect, they can play at many levels. Nowadays, kids are coming up and they're really skilled and they're good at doing one thing. And I've always been like a really good all round player. And Lane kind of took some of that and made me like, okay, think about this thing. So, okay, you're going to play PK. Think about this. You're going to be one of those guys. Like you might not be the guy to get called up to play in the first line. And I did, I was never that guy when I got ended up being called up, I was the shutdown guy and I played against all the top lines. Right. And Lane was the guy that taught me like, Hey, stick positioning and, and all of these things. So I have so much to thank him for. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool seeing how, where I came from, we didn't really have that to that level. And right. then coming over, and that's like the first start of it. And then nowadays it's all about like the video. And so it's the game has come so far, but he helped me a tremendous in tremendous ways. And yeah. He had, how was his, how was his intensity for you as a 18 and 19 year old kid uh, to handle? Cause he's, we, Aaron and I have said this a, a million times is about as intense a guy as we've ever met. He is, but, he, he played a game and he knows right. that like, you're going to have a little fun on the side. You're going to do all these oh, oh, things. Yeah. And, but when you're at the rank, you're professional, you're doing the things. As long as you were doing all these things, you didn't get in trouble. But if you didn't, if you weren't focused, if you didn't pay attention in the drills, yes, you got to hear it. But we had a coach like that in Sweden the year before too. So I kind of knew a little bit <laughs> that you, that you had to pay attention to, to details. To detail. And, yeah. Yeah. 
I want to go back to Sweden real quick. You mentioned that Malmo was being relegated to the second league. What kind of uh, it would be? It would be amazing to see that if that came to American sports in some fashion. It would just be oh, be fantastic. It would be, it would be, <laughs> It'd be so good. And I'm curious, what kind of pressure is that on a team that's on the cusp of, let's say, eighth, ninth place in the in the division or or what in the league? I mean, do you guys is there is there a huge pay cut if you get dropped? I mean, what what is the, what are the ramifications of that? There is so much pressure. I mean, it's not even you. It's so hard to talk about because. Do you lose money as a player? Do you lose? Does you your lose a lot of money. Well, the, the the organization in general, like you get. So if you compare like TV deals compared to say Nashville sure. and you guys, right? Yeah. I mean, it's probably not that much money, but it's it's a significant number. So just that amount of number that the organization so that- loses. So that money has to be distributed or taken away. Yeah. So if they're, losing yeah. 2 million, if they're losing 2 million euros, they're going to take it away from somebody. Exactly. Or many so, so normally like the TV deal goes in and then they get distributed on the teams that are in the first league. Okay. And then there's some sort of TV deal for the second league, but it's not as much. And that, that gets distributed between them. So just the pressure in general, like we had a, we had the year, so I played two years in Sweden uh, in the in the pro league before I got like this first year was I only played I think around twenty games. Okay. And they were in the sec- second league, and then we went up. And Malmo is always, as far as I know, my uncle played there. Like I always kind of rooted for Malmo, and they've always been like in the top top league. Okay. And then they went down, and then they finally got like we went up. It was a big thing, and we had a tough year when we were up we have had a lot of players um but the coach we had dave king as a coach oh wow did you really yeah so he's legend yeah yeah yeah. so he thought i mean the players we had we had um i wonder if it was that year but we had Corey hirsch in that oh wow yeah so like i played with a couple legends (laughs) right absolutely uh but so dave king and he was also one of those guys that started to get me into the like the North American way before I even knew I was going to play the North American way. Right. So he kind of started it. And um, we, like I said, we had a lot of players. It was a tough year. I don't, we were like dead last or something. So going into a qualification like that, you have had a full season of just negativity. And then yeah. you have the teams coming from the second league that have winning all year. Yeah. And then back then they had a, they call it qualification series. It was five. I don't even know how many teams, five, maybe six, something like that. And you play each team twice. And then however many points you have, like the top two teams goes up and the rest stays Stay. down. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So we ended up losing in the last game. I remember we lost. Like, we were still between us and, I think, the team we played. <laughs> and we ended up losing 6-5 or something like that. Oh, my gosh. And it was just, like, Life yeah, was it was. Old. Like, crushing. And, I didn't, and for me, as a young guy, I don't think I really knew really what was going on with it. But for all the other guys, like, you had a contract for next year. 
that's that's ripped up because like oh. you don't you don't have the job either because there's like the money is going to be different. Yeah. So you have to negotiate a new or find a new team or whatnot. Then who's going to sign a guy that's been losing all year? Right. Well, yeah, that's true. So there's just so many factors that, and I don't think that I really paid attention to that. And I had, I think, I don't remember, but I think I had a really good qualification. Like I got to play, I think in some games, Dave King put me in like in both power play units. Like it was <laughs> unbelievable. And I, I'm, 17 18 i think uh, so i think you play 10 games i might have had six or seven points something i i around those lines i don't i don't right. correct me if i'm wrong but so i i just knew like man i played really good i'm a young guy maybe this will be good for next year like they can build off me and i can play and then like learning more and more about it and then getting drafted and then it's like my focus just got shifted and it was like okay, I'm just going to go to North America. And right. then they were down for, I don't even know how many years they were down, but they ended up going up and I ended up playing two years there back again. So, Well, they, they, they have a connection to the Admirals, a, a sort of a strange connection that they signed the biggest, Linus Claussen, yeah. they've played for us, and then he signed the biggest contract in second Swedish league history. To play and you want, to know, you want to know the funny part with that was that Malmo came over and watched us in oh, is that right? Milwaukee and they talked to both of us and wanted both of us. Really? But I was one of those guys. I was like, Linus is a guy that, I mean, no matter what league he's going to play in, he's going to have a lot of points. Like if he would have played in a bigger role in Nashville, I bet you he would have had more points. But playing him in the fourth line – yeah. yeah. Charts. So, on most nights, like, he didn't know who the goalie was, though, right? or his own goalie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so, so I'm like, man, should I sign or should I just keep on grinding this out and try? Because I've been a little bit up and down then, and I ended up like, I, I can't leave to go to the second league because what happens if I have a bad year? Right. Then I'm stuck in the second league, and he's one of those guys. Like he could have like. He could have 120 points in that league, or he could have a point a game, and he can sign wherever after. Right. So, but he ended up taking the deal and didn't. It didn't go too well for him, though, right? Like, like there was. Uh, they they were supposed money, to. Yeah. I don't even. Well, he he ended up getting his money. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's so many stories. <laughs> <laughs> Probably but, many of it involving food, I assume. Yeah. Well, he came over to uh, – it's so funny because he came over to North America. Same thing. He didn't have a driver's license. Right. But his girlfriend and he had, he had, And he had at least one young kid. I think he had a, a kid. Yeah, he and, had a girlfriend and a kid. And one on the way. Yeah. I th well, yeah, I think they had well, – yeah. So he's like, oh, you're going to the grocery store. And I was like, yeah, sure. Do you want to come? So, yeah, I would love to. So I'm driving over there, and then out comes him, his girlfriend, the, the kid. And it was like. <laughs> it's a family so like, trip. So this whole grocery store that was going to take like 20 minutes turns into an hour and a half. Plus a child seat and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what a, good, what a great guy. I played with him in a national team after, too, and he's a, he's a character. Oh, yeah. Real quick on him. His dad 
was like the biggest drummer in the biggest band in Sweden, wasn't it? Isn't that? It's something like that. In I, Sweden. And, and Linus, <laughs> Linus would play drums too. Linus was oh, he's good. He's really good. Drummer. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous drummer. I saw a video of him. They were doing a Kiss song. His Kiss was his favorite band. Yeah. I remember. And he was just, he was all about it. His drumming and the video, there are videos out there and he kind of has oh, like yeah. a rat tail, yeah. ponytail kind of thing, but it, it's, it's really amazing to see him. He's, play. But that's, that's where his hand, like his hands in hockey, it's like sure. and drums. Like drums. I was just going to yeah. think of that same thing. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the best hands we've ever seen. Maybe. He, uh, Tough I, to I, say. I'll never forget the penalty shot he had against Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. When he kind of like made a little sauce pass to himself, the goalie slid the other way, and then he was He's, he pulled up. He you pulled know, up the yeah, pulled up the, the, yeah, with the head to the ear. The Hulk yeah. Hogan yeah. Thing. He was the originator, maybe not the originator, but he was the first guy I remember who used the shootout move where he just basically stops in front of the yeah. goalie, stick handles two or three times. You know, backhand yeah. top cheese. Well, and the yeah. the All Star game, right? The All Star oh, three sixty, yeah, spinorama. But he did it like on the wrong hand. Like you would yeah. think that he would spin. He's a left-handed shooter. You'd think he would spin clockwise, but he kept the puck on his forehand. It wasn't on his backhand. He kept it on the forehand and went counterclock. Like he dragged the puck with him. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he has to. And I've never seen a guy with paying that much attention to like small details with his stick and whatnot he helped i think dave hated us that year because because <laughs> he had like he just straight up like looked at a stick and then he looked at the guys like you shouldn't have this curve you should have a different curve so he was like using the the heat gun to like kind of like the fixed curves on sticks and but it was like I remember him. You talk about Dave hate, Dave Randolph, the old equipment manager, and those guys are there. If you guys are on the ice, they have to be there and wait for you and wait for you. And yeah. I remember – this is turning into a Linus Clausen show. Uh, I remember Linus and Blake Jeffrey on being on the ice. It would, oh, seem like, it would seem like an hour and a half after everybody else was gone. Yeah. On a game day even. Like, like if we were playing Chicago and the Wolves weren't there for the morning skate, they would just stay out there as long as possible. Yeah, it would drive people nuts. And and well, you could get those two talking. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> oh. sure if either one of them heard the other one, but they would. They could probably be out there forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thury, we'll, we'll we'll go back to your career here a little bit. Uh, you have a great rookie year, um, and then we go to the 08. Oh, that's 07, 08. Then you come back for 08, 09. That's a really good team. Like 07, 08 was a good team. Lost to Chicago in seven games, right? I think we were down three to one, and came back to uh, to force a game seven. Um, and then the next year, though, we is is a really really good. That's a great team. That's the year I thought that we were going to make it. Maybe not win it. win it, but like goal. Is that the year when Smolinski came in? And... Uh, oh, that was eleven. Well, that was eleven. Oh, that was eleven. Jesus, time flies. I know. But we, but yeah, my second year, I really thought like we had. That was Jed Ortmeier really and those guys. Yeah, exactly. Ryan Jones. Yeah. Ryan Colin Wilson, I think, played on the team that year. Hornquist. Yeah. Yeah. Horny was there. Yeah. Uh, so. Huey Huey Jessamine came in that year. Yeah. So that would have. Oh no, the next year would have been Grant Lewis. But that team, like you say, that was a special team. Yeah. Uh, and it's 
We beat uh, Texas in the first round on Mark Van Gilders. That was Van the double overtime goal. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that play? And where where were you? What was? Uh, I think uh, that was eleven too, Charlie. Was that eleven? Was that eleven? Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, because Van wasn't a regular in that 0809 team. Oh okay. No, no, he came later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so who did we play in the first round in 0809? I, I think it was Rockford. Because then we, we lose to Chicago Rockford. the second year too. We lost. Yeah, again. so it was in in 0708. It was six games to Chicago, and then in 910 it was seven games to Chicago. Was that against Shelios? Uh that second that 910 season may have been. Yeah. 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 Oh eight oh nine, you're right, Aaron. We swept Rockford because Drew McIntyre was the goalie. Drew was the and, goalie. Yeah, and Dex was yeah. his uh, was a rookie. Yeah. Um, and we swept Rockford in the first round. That's, yeah. that's yeah, that's uh, exactly what happened. And then Chris Colanos beat us in the second round. The Houston Arrows for, yeah. for with, with Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Anton Hudobin. Yeah. In goal. Yeah, that was a special team. That was a special team. That was the year there was a couple of the, – the one big thing. And you – we actually – Charlie and I, um, we did the interview with um, Fordo and Kelsey Wilson and, uh, and Scott Ford. <laughs> I, think you, I think you were watching. Was, I had to tune in. I saw Willie was on there, and I had to go on. <laughs> we were talking about that party that I think was at Nick Spalling's house. And Kelsey put the egg in the microwave for however long. And he said, you're the one who told him how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how many times we ended up at my place a little too late. <laughs> and I ended up having a bed flipped over. Like the bed frame was all unscrewed. The mattress was on top of that. And I had eggs cooking in my microwave. I had, I had, I think I might even had fish up in my air vents. Oh, I put up like it was, there was a lot of pranks going on at my house. <laughs> um, from him or from anybody from a lot of people <laughs> but he was he was involved i'll tell you that much yeah well i i do know that uh, that uh, speaking of pranks that jason guerrero changed ke the phone number for kelsey's girlfriend at the time uh changed he got in his phone and changed that uh her number or changed claude's number to her name <laughs> So he called Claude two times. Then this is before you were there, because Claude yeah, that's was the year uh, before me. Yeah. So he called our head coach two times at about uh, one or two in the morning. Uh, and the first time, you know, you put it off. Oh, it's a wrong number. And the second time, yeah. it's like, oh boy, what's going on here? So at least you know that guys got him. Uh, oh yeah. He wasn't the only. He wasn't just putting uh, fish up in your uh, in your. I mean, work. there was. I think there might have even been. Kelsey's car. I, I I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent if it was his car or he did. That black yeah. yes. But someone put it on Craigslist. Was his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and he just kept getting calls, and he just kept getting calls. Like I said, like the the group of guys we had, we had so much fun outside. Ugh. I remember, do you remember, it was after a Brewers game. Harris Turr, the Admiral's owner, brings the team to a Brewers game. Opening day, that, that neighborhood, right? And, yeah. and everybody goes and players and wives and girlfriends. And it's, it's really a, a nice day. And afterwards, the one year, uh, 
everybody ended up at your place. Yeah, we ended up having, well, I think we might have had some guys over. Yeah, we might have had guys over before. Yeah. And after. And after. I remember being, I was there after. And I remember it was, I think it was like Good Friday or something because Mark Van Gilder went to church and then he ended up showing up a little bit later. Uh, but but I remember Steve Beijing took the guitar and he put on like the best concert ever. And here's a guy who two months before couldn't play a lick, but he missed a road trip and in a week he became a virtuoso. I think I have a picture of him and his what was it called basker with like the hat. I don't even know what it's called in English, but Swedish word is basker, and he had like my wife's sunglasses on and he's like walking around with the guitar and he's like warm in his clothes <laughs> had you ever that was, a, that was a good dude too steve yeah. he was he was good good guy and good player for us obviously yeah uh, had you ever been to a baseball game before before you came to the uh to the states i didn't even know what baseball was before i came over <laughs> really we play, we play it's like finnish players have like or in finland they have Finnish sort of baseball and in Sweden they have like something like it but it's not it's not a major sport so I I mean I've heard about it I've heard about I obviously everyone knows about the New York Yankees in Europe but it's more of the brand than I don't think anyone can name a Yankee right (laughs) Morgan, Morgan, Morgan always makes that joke every time we're in Europe she sees a Yankees hat, then they're like, name a Yankee. They don't yeah. even know, like, it's Can't just even a brand. name Jeter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I like the whole social aspect that Harris put into it when we could go and, like, you had a box and you were, like, mingling. You can do all these things or you did the tailgate before. That aspect is the most fun with baseball. yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you when you were in Milwaukee, um, you end up getting the call to go to Nashville, and you end up playing your first in Nashville when you after you made your debut, you played twenty two games that season, in uh, in your third year in North America. Yeah. Um, so, as Char, I'm stealing Charlie's question here, but Charlie always likes to ask, "How did you find out you were recalled? Who told you? And and what was it like? Who did you play in your debut? And and all of those questions." Well, first I was pissed because so we we um, we had a game the night before. We In knew that yeah, and we knew uh, someone's going to get called up, and I had a really good game, and I was driving. Uh, Peter Alvecchi was there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So him he and was I awesome. like awesome. Peter Peter that yeah. year for the Admirals, especially that first three months was yeah. tremendous. Yeah. So him and I lived in the same building. So I was driving. So he was going with me. And then after the game, he got called in and he got called up. So he was going to leave the next day. And I'm like, I was so mad when he's going with me. I'm like, happy for him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I come into practice the next day and Lane calls me in. It's like, well, you should have been called up, but they really needed a left shot. They wanted a left shot. So he got the chance, but, just keep working hard and you'll get called up soon. And that morning skate, because I think we had a game that day too, back to back. Sure. So at the morning skate, I get pulled aside and it's like, hey, you're going up. 
It's like, what? So I guess someone else also like got ended up getting injured or sick or whatnot. And I just remember I was stressed. I'm like, holy, I'm, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know. So I'm like trying to rush lunch. I think Ryan Costello drove me to uh, yeah. Chicago. And then I ended up flying in. I knew we were going to play. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Dallas <laughs> at home. <laughs> and in Nashville. In Nashville, yeah. And I show up like the the meeting they had because my flight was a little late so i show up and i'm like missed the meeting i'm like getting there i'm like going in i'm getting dressed and i get called in for a meeting quick they're gonna go through the system kind of show me a couple things and then i'm going out playing soccer everything just happened so quick that i think the most nervous i was was like on the flight sure you didn't you have time have so to be much, nervous. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have so much time to think about stuff on the flight. And I, I don't think I slept a second. And then after, like, it was like, oh, cool experience, whatever, and all this. And then after a game, I come in the locker room, and there's my bag. It's like, oh, you're going down. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a cool experience to get called up. And then I think I got sent down for a day, and then they told me that I was coming on the – because I, I knew that they were going to go to California. Okay. for a longer road trip so i'm like oh i'm probably gonna excited. take another like, guy yeah so i'm like man i'm pretty excited and I, I had a pretty good game so i'm i'm like oh they're gonna send me down okay i missed the opportunity whatnot so i'm gonna go down and then they pretty much told me that i'm going down but they're gonna call me back up again so well, that was i don't even know if they do it nowadays but i guess they're saving money that way too. Like they're going Correct. down, they don't have to pay yeah. me that one day or two days. Yeah. And then you're coming back. So yeah. then I ended up going up and I was pretty much came to Nashville the one day. And then I don't know if it was that same day, we ended up going out to California and we were on a long road trip there and it was great road trip think, to start on. Right. Yeah. I think Jared Smithson was, he broke his hand and I ended up pretty much replacing him. Sure. So yeah, that, uh, that was that's cool. a lot of key minutes there. You're talking about replacing Jared Smiths and that was right. the guy they relied on for a lot of, a Absolutely. lot of, key and that was the thing when I played, it was depending on if they had a tough guy or not, then it was like, it was either Wade Bielak or me. Sure. sure. Um, if they didn't have a tough guy, I was pretty much playing and I was in the shutdown role with uh, Joel Ward and Legwand. Okay. Got it. Nice. I think, I think that was our line. So it was, I mean, I got to play as a first time coming up and playing. I think I was around 15 minutes. I that's think. Unheard of. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's so crazy. That's unheard of. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's the part with my all around game and then paying attention to the details with Lane and him teaching me all these things. It's like, I can play the power play. I can play the PK. I can play anywhere. Just like put me in that little mold and I'll get better and I'll do it. Yeah, and did, I think that's what they saw in me too. Did you have a, a like a welcome to the NHL moment where you're like, "Wow, I'm lining up against Peter Forsberg," or like he he was retired I, by then, I think. But, I uh, I have a couple of I I remember playing in Detroit and lining up. Yeah, against, Nicholas Lidstrom. Yeah, it was like that. Suk Sederberg. There was Lidstrom. It was like, yeah. holy, what's going on here? And I even <laughs> remember because we were out for morning skate. And I remember 
some of the Swedish guys on Detroit, they were like welcoming me when I'm on the bench. I'm like, I oh. barely met these guys before. Like, and it's like, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, me? Yeah, You're talking like, to me? Turn, I'm, I'm like turning yeah. around. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so it was it, like the memories from all this. It's like almost getting goosebumps right now. So, but I have a couple of cool pictures. I have one where I lined up right next to Solani. Yep. So. That's it's awesome. a, yeah, it's it's it was a blast. That's awesome. Do you um did you collect anything? Like did you get what do you what do they give you for souvenirs or did you like like you're saying there with Detroit, um, do you have the guts to ask Lidstrom for a stick or anything like that? I never really collect I collected jerseys. I did that, but yeah, it mostly right. like, yeah, now I've been around the block, so I have way too many jerseys, but I, <laughs> but I, I collected a bunch of jerseys and then um, I actually had a charity golf event too in Sweden. So I ended up getting a bunch of jerseys, but they went for the charity event. Sure. Right. So I ended up not really having too many by myself. I have a couple of the Nashville guys that I collected while I was playing with them. You, but, you really? They're uh, jerseys? Yeah, well, not there. Like, I ended up buying a jersey and then just having them signed. So who, do you mind if I, who, who, who did you do? I, en- I ended up getting Arnott's, uh, Erat's, Steve Sullivan's. I have Pekka's. Huh. I have Hornquist's. Webb's? Webber's, yeah. Yep. That's so great. I have a couple. Yeah, you, you scored. You've you scored one NHL goal. Uh, who was that against? And you've got to have that puck, right? I do have that puck. I, I, it's almost too embarrassing, but I have to. I'm going to move here a little because I have it up. As um, you should. I I think yeah, absolutely. it's. I, do you I have a trophy room, by the way? Do you have do you have a place where your puck and like sticks? I'll, and all your I'll show you. I'll I'll show you guys. It's it's in my son Nash's room. But here's the there's the puck. That's great. It was against Columbus. I think it was in was Columbus. The, yeah, in Columbus on New Year's. And here's the. Oh, there's the horseshoe. box score from it. Okay. Yeah. All all framed, hung up very nicely, level. Oh, yeah. So was here. it Steve Mason? Who was the goalie for Columbus? No, no, I think it was what's his name, Garon. Oh, Matthew Garon. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew. I think right-handed. No. Yeah, he he yeah he caught yeah, right. I think it was caught right-handed. Right-handed. Yeah. yeah. So we dumped the puck in. Wardo wanted in the corner. He threw it into me in the middle. I caught it off my left skate, kicked it to myself, and shot it post in. Nice. Right Still in the play. slot. Still and, play. And I almost had the overtime winner too did you really but it ended up going like post and post oh <laughs> so, so that what, was, but it, what time but of here. the game was that was it uh do you remember i don't, even re- I don't remember okay so but it wasn't but late in the third quick. to tie it or anything right it might have been to tie it but it wasn't late i don't okay. think yeah but here's like the little trophy room look there's even the oh the yeah admirals. nice nice picture that's a uh, that's yeah. a great pi- Andreas Thurston picture. In front of a lot of fans celebrating yeah. a goal. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So there's uh, – I got a couple of things there. And then up here is – let's see if I can show you these. There's a couple of Nashville and Pucks. That's a, and that's a KHL puck, I think, right? Is that, there's uh, a KHL and there's one for my first point in the NHL too. Oh, nice. Okay. As, so, 
as you said, you 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 jokingly said you've been around you've been around the block a little bit here. You you've played now in Russia, China, Switzerland, Sweden, Germany. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing where hockey has taken you. It it's been a journey for sure. It's been. I never really thought I would end up at this many places. Right. Because it was one of those, like, it was going to be, I was either going to play in Malmo or I was going to play in North America. Right. That, those were the two. And then this hockey journey has just ended up all over. And it's it's been so much fun. And, I mean, now with our kids, too, they get to see. See so much. See the and world. bring yeah. them along? I mean, the whole family goes when you go? We've, so <laughs> we were counting on it. So our oldest son, Nash, has been. States, Sweden, um, Finland, Denmark, Switzerland, China, um, Jamaica. I mean, now we're talking about non-hockey too. Yeah, right. right. It's like he's been in so many countries. So many countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More countries than most kids in Wisconsin have been to states. Well, like yeah. in the U.S. And we, I remember when we were, so we were playing in China. We were living in Shanghai which that was unbelievable. Like that's probably one of my favorite cities. And we were living right downtown in the, they call it Shintendi, which is like where all the Western people live. Sure. Okay. And like, that's where all the tourists attractions and all the Western restaurants are, <laughs> but they ended up having uh, Disney world. So we ended up getting season tickets there, and we like we pretty much went there at least once a week. Wow! But 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 going there, it's like people would would stop us and take pictures with us, and not Mickey and Minnie. Really? I was going to ask. I was going to ask. You were that big of like, celebrities there, huh? Known. Oh no, we're just we're just standing out. Like it's not <laughs> the hockey is not big it's, in China. So it wasn't a hockey but, thing. It was that you're yeah, a Westerner. Exactly, and it was they. <laughs> They see our son, and he has this long blonde hair, and they're like, right. "Whoa, what's going?" On? They want to take picture with him, and <laughs> it was—it's it, been so much fun. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh I I want to go back. A uh, a guy, the most maybe the most famous goal in regular season Admirals history, uh, happened off the stick of uh, Robert Dietrich. Yeah. Uh, were you here for that? I don't, that's nine ten. I think yeah, that was 2009, 10. So you'd have been here for that. Do you remember yeah. that game when, uh, there were drop kick Murphy's, drop kick Murphy's when, when he was jumping into the glass, jumping after into the glass fell down and, on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. a, a huge crowd and everybody was drunk because it was the drop kick Murphy's playing afterwards. I wanted to say I made that pass, but I don't remember. I don't think I did. Uh, Mike Santarelli, <laughs> Santarelli <laughs> made that. Colin Wilson. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, you know, talk a little bit about Robert uh, uh, as a, a guy, very, you know, soft-spoken kid. Um, but what was he like as a teammate? He was a great guy. It was – we, we kind of clicked right away, too, with uh, um, being the same – I think we're, just, we're, we're the same age. Yeah. Um, he just so looked we like kinda, he was 14. I know. <laughs> um, so we kind of clicked uh, – he – followed uh i kind of took him under my wings because i already had a couple of years in milwaukee i think he came was it my second or third year he came the third year i believe oh, yeah. Three, wait, oh, nine. So I, yeah yeah so i kind of showed him around 
with all of this. So just a down to earth guy, really nice and would do anything for you. And I actually talked to him. I think I talked to you about this too before Aaron, but like him and I, when he signed there in Russia, I was talking to him maybe a week or two before the, the crash. Oh. And he was like, he was loving it. Everything was do, going well. Like right. hockey was fun and all of this. And then you just hear about that. And it's, it still shocks me. And it's, I have an old MacBook from the time when I was in Milwaukee and on the pictures there, there's still pictures of me and, and him. Like we're down by, we were at, uh, who we're at. There was, uh, we went to a concert black eyed peas were in milwaukee sure okay. and him and i like we were there and he like he's in the picture he was always dancing and he was always like the goofy guy is that right i i don't i can't yeah. i don't picture him that way right I... well you give him a couple of couple, couple of pints <laughs> a couple of cold ones and then um the mask then, comes yeah. off so to speak i remember i remember when he got a haircut and everybody was giving him the business about this haircut that he got. yeah talking about oh yeah and i and another funny thing too is like for one halloween he showed up and he was it was like a an old woman he was dressed up like and he's like <laughs> he's lifting his dress and he's like a flasher there's these <laughs> he like he was just def- like he was so funny <laughs> but that's once again i think that's like one of the things with nashville they they do their research with who they draft and who they yes. get like it's i don't think i've had a bad experience with with any of the guys yeah. that's been around like either in milwaukee or or in nashville you know, we, we talk about this. Yeah. I'll just say real quick. It's hard to think that it's been almost 10 years since that plane since crash. Since that happened. I know. That's wild. That's wild. It doesn't seem that long ago. No. The, uh, to, to your point, Thury, we talk about this a lot, but Nashville, they sign. They don't just say we're going to sign good guys. They actually do it. Yeah. And every year at the beginning of the year, I tell the players, like, I can count on one hand the number of guys that I've had issues with uh, and like they just, it just doesn't happen. And I hear some horror stories uh, of guys who won't like, won't do community things or won't do like just blow you off. And that, that doesn't happen uh, yeah. in, with Nashville. And like they, they do, they sign character guys who also are obviously very good hockey players. Um, but that, that, that's an important thing for their organization and uh, to have it in Nashville and in Milwaukee too, is to make sure that there, when a guy does get called up, you know, it doesn't tear the team apart, right? Like you might be mad, but you're not, you're not trying, you're not putting forth less effort the next game after that happens, obviously. Exactly. Right. To and, me, ahead, as, as we wrap this, as we get close to wrapping this up, I just want, I want to say to me, you kind of represent the best of what this, organization and city can be for a hockey player because as we said you came over and as I'm looking it up you were 19 when you come over to the or you turned you're 19 years old when you come 
to, to live by yourself in an apartment by yourself in Milwaukee in a country that I don't think you had ever visited before other than the, the, the development, yeah. camp. development camp. Yeah. yeah. No, I've actually um, been over, but I, I, tr- I got a little travel experience. <laughs> you, uh, you end up finding relationships, not only with with your wife, but with other people outside of hockey while you're in Milwaukee, you end up, uh, marrying a girl from Milwaukee. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, to me, it's one of those great stories about um, how how an athlete can use hockey to make his life a, a little more fulfilling. I, I, think, yeah. I, I think, I think it's one of the, I think you are, are as, as good a representation about that. I, I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it is one of those. And I always say it to, to anyone I talk to, it's like, Milwaukee is one of those places where everyone talks like there's not a lot of good cities in the AHL. Right. right. I mean, now, now there's more coming that, that wasn't there when I played, right. but there's not a lot of places where you have almost a million people, people you, yeah. you, where, where you have two major league sports, like you have a lot of stuff going on and we're an owner that gives you the opportunity to go, to concert, to go to basketball games. Like you can do all these things. And Milwaukee is one of those places where even coming from, like they treat you as a family. It's like you are coming and it's like, here, we're going to take care of you. And that was when I said with Hartford before, it's like I come to Milwaukee or first I come to Nashville. It's like Barry Trotz is almost walking around and hugging everyone in the morning saying good morning. (laughs) Right. And then I get to Rangers and I look at Tortorella and it's like, you look at him the wrong way. And it's like, oh boy, we're not on the same level. I guess I'll look the other way. Right. And then coming down to Hartford, like, it's not the best city. And I didn't have the, I should have done my research before, but going to Hartford was probably like one of the mistakes I did in hockey. I should have stayed one more year with Milwaukee if, and then um, went back to Europe or just went over one year, year earlier to Europe. Right. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. The, your year in Hartford though, Wade Redden was there. Yeah. And Red is Red was a development coach with Nashville and was in Milwaukee frequently over a couple of years. And um, the story I heard, cause he was making like six, 7 million a year with the Rangers. 6.5. And they didn't even invite him to the training camp. And, and he gets that, sent right? to Hartford. And the mm-hmm. story I heard was wherever he went, he picked up the tab for all the minor leaguers. Is that right? Do you, do you recall that? Uh, yeah. Something like that. And he also, Amazing. Like, you, you remember like you're putting a little money on the board. that goes oh, yeah. to a fine fund yeah. and whatnot. This is a, this is a famous story. He was putting iPads for game-winning goals. <laughs> and, we're not, and we're talking about, like, iPads were – I think they were just coming out because this is, sure. like, 11, 12. So they're, like, yeah. just coming out. And we're not talking about, like, the, the just Wi-Fi one. We're talking about, like, the all the bells and whistles iPad. <laughs> so I think he ended up giving away, like, the first couple of games, maybe four or five at least iPads. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but that's what a crazy. guy. Like, he – he showed up and he's like, like you said, like he, when he was down there, he had, what do you have? He had over 900 games. He ended up getting his thousand. Yeah. But he, he must've been at 900 and something. And he was doing everything they said. He was the first guy at the rink, pretty much almost the last guy to leave. And he was just taking care of everyone. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah that's such a great. It's yeah. such a great example for. Yeah, everybody. and I'm so happy he ended up getting his thousand game. Yeah, it yeah, it, 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 it it sounds Aaron almost like you know you hear about guys coming down they get sent down later they're making a lot of money and they dogging it but that was the same experience we had with of all people Mike Ribeiro. Right. And yeah. We thought for sure Nashville sent him down and we thought this is going to tear our season apart. Like we're done. He's going to come down here with a bad attitude and we've got all these French guys on what the team. What does he have to prove? Yeah. Right. And yeah. he came down there and he could not have like to say he, you know, to say he worked hard, you know, that's, 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 that wasn't his game, but yeah. like he was, he, he was poison. He was the opposite, opposite he, of poison. He was all yeah. in and all the French guys loved him and he loved like, tutelage like giving tutelage to these guys tutoring yeah. them it was a really good experience for us and it was a good experience for me to not uh, uh as far as like a prejudice goes like you don't don't yeah. prejudge a guy you never met the guy give him a chance to come in here and yeah. and prove it and prove that he wants to play hockey and that was the case with uh, with ribs for us yeah as as we wrap up here thurry uh what does the future hold we talked a little bit about this before we started to record but uh, you have a, a, at least another year on your deal in Germany, right? Yeah, I have one more year. Uh, right now, they're saying that we're going to start uh, sometime in November. Uh, so we'll probably and leave. As we're, re- as we're recording this, by the way, um, on July I don't even 17th. Know 17th. <laughs> as we're recording this on July 17th, you would normally be packing right now to go play. Yeah, I would leave in a week or so, and then we would have like a month camp, and then we'll start in September. Okay. So, so right, right now, we'll leave, we would leave in – now it looks like we're going to leave sometime in September if things goes right. Sure. Okay. If you can get back over. Like, that's the other issue yeah. is that, like, the borders aren't open to, you know, coming from the U.S., but, I mean, maybe there's some uh, strings that can be pulled, you know, as a, as a Swedish uh, – uh, yeah we don't we, citizen and yeah we don't really know anything right now it's it's been and we have another we have travis turnbull on our team too and he's coming from the states too so maybe him and i will just take a boat over or something <laughs> <laughs> well there, there's just so many unknown with with all of this covid stuff so hopefully things will clear up here soon it was so good. We haven't seen you. We saw you in person at the beginning of this year. You came into town. And- I, I want to say that was one year ago today. I think it was July 17th. It's, some, it's something like that. Because yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember it was right before I had to go. And it was first yeah. we were a little iffy we were going to go up because it's like, well, we just have this much time left. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun to see everyone. And I had such a good time. Well, I was going to say you you had former teammates there and you had, yeah and you got to meet some other people and yeah and and a lot of fans obviously fond- remember you very fondly. Yeah. No, it was it was a great time. Yeah. That uh, I think that's probably a good a good a great place to finish, Aaron. I don't know. That's uh That works for me. That works yeah. for me. Uh all the best to you and your family, man. It's great to see you. As I said at the outset, you're you're one of my favorites you've always given us time and um we really appreciate you we appreciate your abilities and and uh all all the best all the best we'll be in touch thank you so much and thanks for having me this is a blast keep up the good work too guys thank you thurry we're it's great to see you and we appreciate your time absolutely absolutely that's andreas thuris and uh that'll wrap things up for charlie larson i'm aaron sims thanks for listening to the milwaukee admirals podcast Thank
so crazy.